0: Welcome to The Church Door, a place where I can post my Bible studies and sermons for your listening pleasure. I'm the Rev. Matthew Fenn, pastor of St. Peter's Evangelical Lutheran Church in Stratford, Ontario. Thanks for tuning us in. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. The Ascension often feels like the poor cousin among church festivals. It's often overlooked and passed over without being missed. There are few congregations that will worship today. Some congregations will move the Ascension to this coming Sunday, but in doing so, they will bump the Sunday after the Ascension off the church calendar. Most, I suspect, will not simply observe it at all. It seems like a very poor treatment for one of the feasts of Jesus that talks about his life. An event that appears in the creed. An event which St. Luke has saw fit to write twice. Or maybe we just don't like saying goodbye. And we don't know quite how to celebrate this feast. Well, we know how to celebrate other feasts, don't we? We understand the reason why we celebrate Good Friday, Jesus' sacrificial, atoning death on the cross for the salvation of the world. We get Good Friday. We understand why we celebrate Easter. Because of Jesus' resurrection, the tomb is empty, death is defeated, He is risen indeed. Hallelujah. But Ascension Day... There are no Ascension Day parades. There are no Ascension Day sales at the mall. I've never heard anybody say, sorry, we can't come to church today, Pastor. We're going to Grandma's for Ascension Day like we've done every year. No, it just doesn't happen. Compared to Christmas and Easter, it looks like the Ascension gets the short end of the stick and it's not very important. But it is important. Otherwise, we wouldn't confess it in our creed. Or it wouldn't be in the Bible. So, why the ascension? What does it all mean? The facts of the ascension are summarized in the Creed. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God, Father Almighty. This is not a return to the way things were before. No, now things are different. The world has changed because Jesus is now enthroned as Lord and King. The ascension, in effect, is Christ's coronation. The ascension is the place where we should place the hallelujah chorus from Handel's Messiah. Not Christmas, not Easter. No, the ascension. Hallelujah! For the Lord God omnipotent reigneth. Alleluia! The kingdom of the world is become the kingdom of our Lord and of His Christ, and He will reign forever and ever. Hallelujah! King of kings, Lord of lords, and He will reign forever and ever. Hallelujah! The Feast of the, uh, of the Ascension is the celebration of the present reign of Jesus Christ over all things. Christ had triumphed. The king was returning to his city, to his throne, to sit and reign with earth as his footstool. And Now he reigns over all things. The victory over sin and death is won. Death has lost its sting. Sin has no more power. The law has been fulfilled. Christ has conquered by his obedience and death and now lives and reigns to all eternity. The ascension does not, is not really about life after death. I'm sure there's hints of that, but that's not the main point. To confess that Jesus has ascended into heaven and sits at God's right hand is to claim that God has exalted him, lifted him up. The same Jesus who welcomed sinners, who suffered and died in shame and rejection by this world, is now exalted to the very presence of God and receives kingly power. This means that Caesar is not Lord. It means that Elizabeth is not Lord, nor Trump, nor anybody else. Just Jesus. None of the powers or pursuits or promises that struggle to control your life are king. It means that you owe Jesus your complete and undivided loyalty. Jesus Christ rules over all creation, and He governs and rules as the exalted Lord in the best interest of His church for your benefit. Christ will never stop ruling and governing this universe on your behalf. All things work together for the good of God's children. It means that all things are under his control and for our good. Christ Jesus, right now, is ruling all things, and we will benefit. The ascension tells us that Jesus is still in charge, he reigns. That's so important for us today as we suffer in fear of our future present time that's filled with pandemics and even more lockdown and with chaos and confusion and one crisis after another it's important to know that Christ now reigns over all this mess he reigns over every king every authority every premier every mayor over the angels and the devils over viruses you name it he reigns over it They're all under his feet, those same feet that were nailed to the cross for your salvation. He is ruling and governing all things for the good of his church and for you individually. When you hurt, he knows it. Your King Jesus knows your weakness and he will give you the strength, the ability, the power to endure it right to the end. Though many in the world seem deaf to the church's message, there are still those who rejoice to hear the good news. They are still precious souls being gathered into Christ's church and nurtured here. So take heart. You do not need to fear death, the devil, or the world with all its hostility. Christ lives and Christ reigns. At the end of Luke's Gospel and the beginning of Acts, Luke describes Jesus as going up from earth into heaven. He disappears with a cloud, and yet he has not gone anywhere. The right hand of God is not a place. No, the right hand of God is not a place the way we think of places. Places. Luke is not giving you hints about heavenly geography. God's right hand is bigger than that. Jesus hasn't gone anywhere. He's ascended to the right hand of the Father because the right hand of the Father is not a place. Heaven is simply where God is, and God is everywhere. God does not have a right hand like we do. His right hand is everywhere. And Paul says this, he highlights this in our epistle reading, the very last verse. Jesus ascended far above all the heavens that He might fill all things. Jesus didn't go to a better place. He didn't leave this world behind. He didn't orphan his disciples or go back on the promises that he made. Never will I leave you. Never will I forsake you. Look, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Jesus didn't leave, he became present in a different way, in some ways, more present. Jesus withdrew something from us. He withdrew his physical, visible presence. But how do we, as Christ's followers, live without his physical, visible presence here? Well, think about it for a second. To be physically, visibly present means that you're in one place and not another. I'm here, you're there, right? There are boundaries and edges to things. But if you are present everywhere, if you fill all things, then you can't be seen. This is why Jesus told His disciples that it was far better for them that He go away. He fills all in all, which means there is no place where He is not. Jesus Christ, always, both true God and true man, is still with us, present everywhere. The resurrection appearances of Jesus show this quite nicely. He's here. He's there. He's wherever He needs to be. In the upper room, on the road to Emmaus, on a mountain in Galilee. He seems to appear and disappear at will. And that's precisely the point. The One who fills all things in every way can appear and disappear when He wants and wherever He wants. Now, why is that important for you? His physical presence is removed, but He is not removed. His promise stands. Look, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. As one pastor over 1,500 years ago said, the, physical, the visible presence of Christ has passed into the sacraments. Jesus withdraws His visible, physical presence, but we still have His sacramental presence. Ever since Jesus ascended, we continue to encounter, to meet Jesus through the preaching of the Word in the sacraments, in the fellowship of the church, in ministering to the poor and the oppressed. He dwells in our hearts by faith. Anywhere where two or three are gathered in His name, He's present. And He's present in the office, in with pastors, to absolve, to baptize, to give you the body and the blood. He's present in your neighbors for you to love and to serve. Jesus is still present with us. There is nowhere in heaven or on earth that he is not, because he fills all things. So, for now, and for as many days as we are given, we have a purpose. We have a purpose. It's baptized, forgiven. Christians. And that purpose is to proclaim the reign of Christ far and wide. We don't we don't grow the kingdom. We don't grow the kingdom. The kingdom we don't spread the kingdom. We don't even enlarge it. The kingdoms of this world already now the kingdom of our Lord and of his Christ and he will reign forever and ever. A lot of people haven't gotten the memo yet but they will our task is to proclaim the reign of christ to the ends of the earth and we'll leave the holy spirit to do the growth and we do that for as many days as he's given us and for as long as he delays jesus jesus promised his disciples that on pentecost which we will celebrate about 10 days from now, that they would be equipped with power from God, the Holy Spirit, to perform that task. The ascension tells us that the Lord Jesus Christ is King of kings and Lord of lords, and that He shall reign forever and ever. And that He is still present with us through word and sacrament to strengthen us in faith toward God and to love our neighbors. Hallelujah, for the Lord God omnipotent reigneth. May the peace of God, which passes all understanding, guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. You've been listening to The Church Door. Thanks again for tuning in. If you have any comments, questions, or feedback, you can reach me, Pastor Matthew Fenn, at revfen R-E-V-F-E-N-N, at iCloud.com. Look forward to having you with us again next time.